Okay, we're doing now Thursday of the portion of the Midbar. We are in chapter 3 up to verse 14. And now we are speaking in this portion of the counting, the counting of the Jewish people, expressing God's love for the Jews, that he keeps counting them. This is the third time thus far since they left Egypt they're being counted. And now the reason for the count is because we just established the tabernacle a month before. So there's another good reason to count them. After we count the Jewish people, there's a separate count for the tribe of those that serve God directly, the tribe of Levites. So this is now discussing that count. God spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, saying, Count the sons of Levi according to their father's house, according to their family, every male from one month of age and up shall you count them. So we see here something very different because by the Jewish people in general, it was men only counted from age 20, which is the age when they were, went out to war. Here, we're counting them from one month, which obviously at one month they're not going out to war, they're not serving in the temple. But uh, from one month they were counted. So Rashi says, what, what's the significance of one month? So younger than one month, we can't be counted because you're still in the category of someone who maybe is in a, a state that we don't know if he's going to live or not. From one month, that's when we that's when we can count. And since why are we counting him from one month? I mean, we count the other Jews from age 20 because that's when they can be soldiers and protect the Jewish people. So we're told here, Levi has a different type of protection. He safeguards the charge of that which is holy, meaning a guardian in potential. Because the sanctity of the Levites is what's providing the protection. And that sanctity is present even in a one-month-old Levite. So therefore, for the Jewish people who are protecting us physically through military duty, they're counted as soldiers from age 20. But for one who's protecting us with his spiritual energy, they have that from birth. They're counting us from what we're counting them from one month. And Rashi goes on to say that we see this in their history, that they have this history of being counted from birth. Like we know, when the Jews entered Egypt, the count was 70. How do we get the count of 70? Well, we included God or slash we included Jacob, and we included Yocheved, the daughter of Levi, who was born just when they entered the portal of Egypt. That's when Yocheved was born. But she's counted among the 70 souls who came into Egypt. So this, she completed the number 70. But since she completed the number 70, we see that from the children of Levi, they're counted from birth. Next verse, Moses counted them according to the word of God as he had been commanded. According to the word of God, why are we saying count them according to the word of God? So Moses said, listen, for the regular Jewish people, you're counting them from 20, they come to him. You're telling me I'm supposed to count these babies, they're all in the tents with their mother. Well, I, I mean, I can't go into the tents, that's not modest. How am I going to count all these babies? I'm asking the mothers to schlep their babies, what am I doing? So God said, you do your part, I'll do mine. 
which is a good thing to always remember in life. We do what we can do, and we trust that God is going to do the rest. Moses, you go and stand by the entrance of each tent, and then the divine presence will precede him, and a heavenly voice will come out from each tent and say, how many babies are in each tent? That's why specifically here, uniquely by this count of the Levites, it says, by the word of God, because literally the count was done through the word of God. These are the sons of Levi, by their names Gershon, Kahas, and Merari. Now, Levi had three sons, Gershon, Kahas, and Merari. And we're going to count them, as we see, and as Rashi points out, based on these families, which we did not do that when we counted the other brothers and their children, though we enumerated, of course, their children. We didn't count them based on those groupings of their children. But by Levi, we do, because each distinct family of these three sons has given different tasks and serving in the temple. These were the names of the sons of Gershon, or Gershon Kasamarari, the sons of Gershon according to their family, the Libni and the Shimi, the sons of Kahas according to their families, Amram and Yitzhar, Hebron and Aziel, the sons of Merari according to their families, Mahli and Mushi. These are the families of the Levites according to their father's house. Then, after just very clearly saying that, the verse goes on to say, for Gershon, the Livni family, and the Shimi family, these are the Gershon, Gershonite family. The Rashi says, what are we saying here? It's not coming to tell me that Gershon's descendants comprise the families of the Livnis and the Shimis, because we just learned that three verses ago. So what it's saying is it's referring that these groups of Levites are counted by these families because the census for the Levites is being taken according to this family grouping. The counted ones, according to the number of every male from one month of age and up, the counted ones were 7,500. The Gershonite families behind the tabernacle were they encamped to the west. The prince of the father's house of the Gershonite was Eliasov, the son of Lael. And the charge of the sons of Gershon in the temple of meeting was the tabernacle spread, and the tent spread, its cover, the screen of the entrance of the tent of meeting. Rosh explains what these terms refer to. This is what the Gershonites would carry. Remember now, in the, in the times of the temple in Jerusalem, the Levites basically had two jobs. They were the singers. They had the musical instruments and the choir that accompanied all the services in the temple. They also opened the gates. They opened and closed the various gates. In the desert, the Levites had the job of dismantling, transporting, and reconstructing the tabernacle each time they traveled. Of course, they weren't traveling every day. They could stay in one place for years and years and years, but they could also stay in one place for 12 hours and leave. And so the Levites always had to be on call, on the ready to go and quickly dismantle, carry, put back together, etc. Now, not all the pieces could they dismantle and put back together, but only the priests could deal with, but there are also those that they dealt with. So what was the job of each family? So Gershon's job was carrying these aspects of the building of the tabernacle. So the tabernacle spread means the lower panel comprising the lowest layer of the tabernacle roof. The tent spread means the panels of goat hairs which were like the roof. The cover was the hides of the rams and the tachashim. They were the upper layer of the roof. 
screen of the entrance is the curtain that was there between the holy and the holy of holies. I'm sorry. Screen of the entrance is a screen of the entrance. <laughs> Later we're going to say the preches, which is a screen between the two. This was in front, as we learned, in the front of the tabernacle, there was this beautiful screen that was like the entrance, and that's what it's talking about. The curtains of the courtyard, the screen of the entrance of the courtyard that surrounds the tabernacle and the altar and its ropes for all its labor. The ropes are the ropes of the tabernacle and the tent, but not the ropes of the courtyard. In other words, when we talk about the ropes of the courtyard, there are really two types of ropes. There were those ropes which tied the upper edges of the curtains to the pillars, and those which held the lower edges of the curtains to the pegs to prevent the curtains from flapping in the wind. So Rashi is saying that the sons of Gershon didn't carry the ropes of the courtyard. He meant the ropes that tied the upper edges of the curtains to the pillars because those ropes are part of the burden of the sons of Merari. But the ropes which held the lower edges of the curtains serve the same function as the ropes of the panels. These are part of the burden of the sons of Gershon. So that was all the family of Gershon, their people, their prince, their jobs. Now we're going to do the same thing for the family of Kahas, Gershon, Kahas, and Murray. And for Kahas, the Amrami family, the Yitzhari family, the Hebroini family, the Azieli family, these are all the families of Kahas. The number of every male from one month of age and up was 8,600 guardians of the charge of the sanctity, as we said. Their very existence guarded the charge of the temple in their own personal Levite sanctity. The families of the children of Kahas would encamp on the side of the tabernacle to the south. The prince of the father's household of the Kahas families was Elitzafon, the son of Uziel. Their charge, now they had the holiest things because they had literally the vessels of the temple not the outer part, like the construction materials, but the vessels themselves. The charge was the ark, table, the menorah, the altars, sacred utensils, which they would minister, the screen, and all its accessories. So the verse says that these families of the cusp would encamp to the south. And next to that, Think of the camping of the Jewish people, the, the family next to them was the tribe of Reuven because they were in the south. From here we see the principle that woe is to the wicked one and woe is to his neighbor. Because in other words, in Kahas, from the family of Kahas, was Kairach. And since Kairach was the neighbor of Reuven, that's why the 250 men that Kairach brought with him in his argumentation and Dustin and Aviram were all from Kairach, and of course all of his people that went with him did not suffer any, any physical effects or seemingly any other effects by this.
So going back to, sorry, so what we were just saying, that was a little segue here. We were saying that since Kahas is in the south, from Kahas is, uh, sorry, remember the family of Kahas Kairach, who rebelled, and because he had neighbors, those neighbors, the tribe of Reuben was drawn into rebellion, and that's why these 250-some people that were part of his, like, you know, rebellion, all of whom died, as he did, they were all from the tribe of Reuben. So now when we're listing the part of the vessel that he's carrying, one of the things is the screen. This is what I was saying before. This screen, again, all of the things he's carrying are the most holy items. So the screen here isn't just the screen of the building. This is the screen that we call the parechas, the partition, that is a partition between the holy and the holy of holies. It's called the partition of the screen. The prince of the Levite princes was Elazar, son of Aaron the priest, the assignment of the guardians of the charge of the sanctity. So we're saying here the priests of Levite leaders, what we mean is the ultimate priest over all of them. Now at this point we're mentioning Elazar's leadership after we discuss the jobs of Gershon, after we discuss the jobs of Kahaz, and before we discuss the jobs of Rory. But we're saying still his leadership is over all of them, meaning not only Gershon and Kahas, but also Merari, though we haven't yet mentioned them. And now, of course, we're going to. The Rashi clarifies, before we move on to that, that the job of the prince of Levites, ideally from this house of the priest, is to maintain the spiritual stature of the priests from which they will in turn go and maintain the spiritual stature of the Jewish people. So Elazar is now being, we're saying he's the leader of everyone. So what's his princedom? What's he, what is he doing with all of his sovereignty? So he's over the assignment of the guardians of the charge of sanctity, meaning all of those assignments now are made by him. That is his job as the head of the entire nation of Levites. 